0: I reached my first one million subscriber in five and a half or six months.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well that's that's pretty good. All right, Frederico.
2: What is happening this week? This week we're chatting with Ibrahim from Z American English, which is the biggest language channel on YouTube. It is a behemoth and his rise has been meteoric. We're gonna chat all about that. Sounds good. Let's get into it. Let's get into it.
1: All right, welcome back to Creator Generation. This week, we're joined by Ibrahim from Z American English. Welcome, Ibrahim.
0: Hello, it's good to be here.
1: Mate, how about you do us the favor of introducing yourself? Got your name, got Z American English. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, The name is
0: Ibrahim, that's uh, for sure, but I have been known everywhere in any country that doesn't speak Arabic as the first language by the other name, Sal. And it's got a funny story about that, but we could talk about that later. I have uh, come to YouTube three years ago, started my first channel, uh, which is called Z American English. And the aim of this channel is to teach people, uh, the Arabic speakers, uh, how to uh, learn English fast on their own and provide them information along the way. And from there, I developed uh, my own curriculum to take them from the absolute beginning to the professional levels. And afterwards, I thought, why stop at English? Why not teach them other languages too? So I built the second channel. I speak four languages myself. So I built the second channel. I was aiming to teach uh, English, Chinese, Spanish, and Cantonese, uh, all done by me, but that was too much work. So I hired other teachers, and I, uh, right now we offer nine languages for Arabic speakers, and we are on the verge of expanding uh, to non-Arabic speakers. Um, we are building a team based off Canada. Uh, we're going to be offer, offering uh, Arabic courses, uh, Chinese, uh, French, and Spanish uh, to begin with.
2: Wow. Well, look, there's a lot to unpack there. But um, I guess the first thing we should ask about is, like, how did it all start? Like, how did you decide to get into YouTube? Uh,
0: I was living in Hong Kong at that time, and I would have been still living there if not for the pandemic. Um, And I thought, why not give back? I mean, you know, uh, God blessed me with everything. Why not give back to uh, the community, especially that, uh, you know, my family and friends are looking for ways to learn English and uh, When they go to local uh, Courses they feel like they're being ripped off their money and they're not getting too much value in exchange and There are some good ones, but they are way too expensive that they can't afford them uh, and also when they turn to uh, you know online material and videos on YouTube it's very hard to find one complete course and they get bits and you know pieces from here and there and they can't get the you know full picture and there, there's no one single channel that takes them from point A to point B. Uh, but you know their channels are you know, teaching you uh, okay, so this is this grammar point or maybe next video they'll be like five ways to say thank you And you know, it, it, it's not a complete course. Uh, So I started from there. This is the inspiration for it to help people I know first. You know, I made it in the beginning. The first five to six videos, I actually deleted them off YouTube. They were very horrible. (laughs) And I made those and shared them with my uh, friends and the ones that I know that they're looking for. Stuff like this and asked them if this is what they're looking for. After encouragement from them and, you know, they said a few good words and this is exactly what they're looking for. And they gave some feedback. I worked on that feedback and then I made it to the public.
2: Interesting. So it went from there. I mean, when we first met you, you you were about eight months in and even then the growth was very fast, right? So obviously you've got this language channel set up to teach people how to speak English, but tell us about that initial phase of growth. How fast did you grow in your first year?
0: Uh, In the beginning, I had no clue about the YouTube algorithm or, you know, what makes a certain video goes viral and what makes and actually what people the audience are looking for I had no clue I'm just all my life I was just a, a consumer not all of my life the last few years I was <laughs> just a consumer of, of YouTube videos and I never stopped to think what makes me click on this is a special video to watch it you know when I search for something even like a, like a cooking channel and I search a recipe what makes me choose this special video to watch not the not the not the one that came at the top, not the one at the bottom, but something in the middle that caught my eyes, why? And then I stopped and I studied that for a while uh, before when before going public. I spent, I think, about 20 to 30 days just trying to learn about this platform because I wanted to reach more people before I even started and that's a problem in me, I know it you know, like seeking perfection perfection in everything I do and I'm trying my best to stop it. But I couldn't help myself back then so I went deep into you know studying the algorithm and uh, what people are using as clickbaits and thumbnails and stuff like that. And I thought it was too much. You know, I can't I can't create like type in the scripts, record the video, edit the video, worry about thumbnails using the correct description tags, answering uh, you know, uh, people questions in the comments, and it was too much. But I thought I would just give it a go and see how things develop. And I used to make like one video a week. And it took me about three weeks to get my first uh, comment from somebody that I don't know. Uh, and then from there, I think it just started rolling. Comments kept, you know, pouring like rain. And then, you know, the I did not notice the subscription number jumping unless it was like, Two months after, then I went to like, my first 1,000 subscribers came after like two months. And then from there, uh, I think it was like a a snowball. Just, you know, the more I do videos, the bigger numbers that I get in, uh, you know, coming in daily and stuff like that.
2: How much did it grow in the first couple of months? Uh,
0: I think I reached my first 1 million subscriber in five and a half or six months. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, well that's that's pretty good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's those are good numbers. And can you just you talked about understanding the algorithms a little bit better and spending time going deep. And even then, you thought it was a bit too much. But what, what do you think you did that made it grow so quickly?
0: What I assume that I that changed the way I do things is I understood that uh, YouTube algorithm is all about the user experience. Uh, so I try to enhance the user experience in the video itself and you know trying to capture the attention of the people make them stay longer in the video if I could get them to stay longer in the video then I'm sure that YouTube would notice that and would rank my videos higher up and then I started not to worry about description tags and you know to be honest with you Up until today I don't use any description at all it's just the title of the video I put it back in the description box with uh, some links that I put in uh, under each video and I don't worry about the description at all and the tags I give them like 10% of of the attention that I used to give them but I really focus on the thumbnail of course and making people stay longer in the video and while they are in the video I tell them what to watch next if they finish the video till the end. And in the middle, I tell them if there's something I am mentioning right now that they don't understand, it's because I actually explained it in another video. And I give them uh, the thumbnail of this video on the screen and the title that they could search for. And in the beginning of the the video, I set the uh, expectations. I tell them that this, for example, a video for level two and uh, this is a video for level three, and if you are not in the right place, maybe I suggest you to uh, start watching this series from the beginning, and here's the link, click here. So if you tell people what to do, and you nudge them in the right direction and tell them where they can start, they stay longer in the other video that you send them to, or if they are in the right place, they just uh, wait a few seconds till you finish this routine uh, talk at the beginning, and then if they, if they are enjoying the video, if, if you answering questions that you know that they have in mind they stay longer
1: yeah well we've our theory on on why you're successful Ibrahim is is and maybe Fred's probably better equipped to to explain it but I'll I'll kick it off is that you have this incredible value giving mindset like and and that's from when we first met you I think you know in those earlier earlier months uh your of your, your journey on, on in YouTube and um You know, you went through a a program with us, Edutuber Accelerator, that we did in in partnership with YouTube, Um, and you had this incredible sort of intuition to provide, like, to create a really great, valuable experience for your viewer, and that sort of, we found, and we use this as an example, but we also found that that also covers in everything you did, so when we, we had a bit of a creator community going through that program, and you were just at that time, doing all of this content yourself, I think you said you had about 60 hours a week on your YouTube channel. Young family, and you're still offering to help other creators with their thumbnails or review their videos. And so this value mindset—that's um, that's our philosophy—and clearly hard work. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of a lot of hard work in, in getting in there and, and putting in the effort. But yeah, it's that value giving mindset. I, I think is the the secret sauce that you've got
0: yeah i I would have to agree uh not because I like what you said, but <laughs> I think that this is what um you know separates me from other channels or other applications um I try to put myself in the seat of the student and i you know i judge myself. i'm really harsh on myself uh sometimes um so if I feel like it, it happened so many times that I typed in a script and I shot the video and then I just deleted that and I made it all from scratch. And I remember one time there was this special video up until today. It's one of the top five videos that generate subscriptions on a monthly basis for the American English. This one special video, I shot it three times, uh, each time with different iteration. And, you know, it was – it's – you know, it takes – a lot of the uh, brain power to say something the right way, and then come back and judge it and say it's there's something better, and then delete the whole script, uh, start back from scratch. And it happened three times, and then after finally uploading it, I was really happy with the uh, the outcome, the feedback that it received. But back then I only had like 2,000 subscribers, and there was this other channel with uh, 200 plus 1,000 subscribers. It has been on YouTube for years. For me, this number was huge back then. And this guy copied my video word by word. That literally broke my heart. And I was on the verge of just shutting down my YouTube channel. It really broke my heart because this guy has been receiving... Uh, you know, like positive feedback and and people are saying the nicest thing about him and how he broke this grammar rule made it very easy to to understand and this guy has just played my video second by second, typed in my script re spoke it with his own voice, and used everything i did, even the body language he used the same thing and he thought he could get away with this because he's you know who who would notice somebody with two thousand subscribers like myself uh and he's got like a huge base two hundred uh 200,000 plus subscribers and uh it was my wife back then who who actually supported me cuz she knows how much I I hated that and how much it you know got into me and uh, and she told me that you know people will see the date of the upload here and there and will notice who stole from who and you know if he's 200,000 subscribers now with this lousy work that he's doing i'm sure that you're going to be bigger than him one day and we had no idea that this one day would be very soon but you know <laughs> but it was a very difficult time
2: that, that's actually a great story and about that resilient aspect obviously is is so key um in so many youtubers like with so much talent we'll often see them you know they'll come across an event or something will happen earlier on and they'll just think oh this is too hard and i'm just going to give up but it's important you put, you you know you persevere and keep moving forward right
0: correct yes and it happens so many times on youtube and on doing online business in general you know so many times it's it's just too much and you have you know you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel but if you keep reminding yourself why you have started doing this in the beginning and you notice how much you know you you gained in doing so and you know how how many people are trusting you that they had no clue that you lived before they 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 haven't heard your name like two years ago three years ago they they didn't even know that you existed now they put their full trust on you that kind of gives you like a, like an extra push to keep going forward. And, you know, with, with people doing dirty competition right now, and what I mean by dirty competition, with either I'm talking about the apps or YouTube channel or online business in general, like those trolls that they spread rumors and they spread, you know, hate speech about, you know, what you're doing in favor of a competitor. Uh, those comments or, or articles that you see, every now and then from people that just want to get into you it sometimes it does sometimes you know that they are doing this you know for for a specific competitor Uh, but sometimes it still comes you know gets into you and I you know there's specific video of somebody talking about my Chinese accent uh, when I when I started teaching Chinese I had a Chinese wife and I lived in China for so many years and I have the permanent residency uh, there as well and I I I think it's fair to say that when I speak with Chinese people uh, they have no problem with my accent at all and uh, there was this guy who does business in China and he did uh, one or two lessons uh, on YouTube trying to teach Chinese but he did not have the charisma I guess or the correct way of handling this and uh, it didn't respond it resonate well with the audience but when I made my Chinese course Uh, the first lesson uh, in the new channel I think it was something like 300,000 views in two days or something I think that really um, upset him and he started to make these videos about how what how what I am teaching is wrong and if you follow my Chinese courses you're going to be uh, speaking a language that doesn't exist or something like that. He did this after my introduction video. And my introduction video, I spoke all in Arabic, telling them how I'm going to go about teaching this language and what are the milestones to expect. And I haven't spoken a word of Chinese in this episode. I didn't say anything at all. <laughs> and he just got this from my Arabic introduction that I'm not going to teach well. So uh, these things really get you get into you sometimes and, you know... Um, people are trying to just put your name in the title of the video just to gain subscri- subscribers and uh uh watch time it really upsets you and uh, there's there's one guy a student of mine uh he made a video about me uh during the video he's telling the nicest Stories about me, the most beautiful words, and he's telling, you know, uh, his own story, how he learned from the absolute beginning in, you know, with my, the American English course, and now he's joining Talik to learn other languages, and he's, he's saying the nicest, sweetest things ever about me, but the title of the video was Abraham dot 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 failure, question mark. Why would you do that? I mean, people people are scrolling down. They're not necessarily watching your video, but when they see my name next to the word failure, they will, you know, accompany, uh, you know, like they will put these two together in their heads if they haven't watched the video, and you know, they didn't think, they don't think of things like this, you know. But it upsets me. Um, But I have to keep going. I have to remind myself every now and then why I'm doing what I'm doing.
2: Well, look I mean that that comes with obviously being especially a, a big creator like like you are now. there are those aspects that keep coming up and, and i and I you know want to get into that a bit more, but I, I coming back to what Ann said about that that value based mindset um, in many ways, do you think that helped you know get you above those other channels, those people who are being a bit more scrappy when you were thinking? I want to create as much value as possible for the audience. So no matter what they do, no matter who else is out there, when they see my content, they're going to go like, "This is the king content." Uh,
0: I certainly, I wouldn't lie to you. I wanted to be the best, and I still do want to be the best uh, in what I'm doing. But you know, the main thing that kept me going is I want to leave videos for my brothers, my sister, my uh, maybe grandkids in the in the future anybody i know personally who would want to learn the right way they would have this like big treasure of videos one after another all building on the top of each other taking them step by step into learning the language and if i saw that there's something i made that was not up to my own expectations and i really have hard expectations of myself if it was not up to my own standards then i just deleted no people nobody would even know that it it went out one day, and so many times it happens that I release a video, and then, after like five ten minutes, I delete it after watching it because after I make my own video, I watch it again and again, and then when I uh, make it public, I watch it live with uh with the audience. And every time if, you know, if I had like one or two comments about the video that things could be done better, then I just, no problem, I just keep it there and maybe i make a later video explaining uh, some more stuff in more details. But if it was not really my best work, then I just delete it. I Because I, uh, when I say the following in Arabic, when I talk to people this way, people who really don't like what I'm doing they take this as a chance to jump and attack but I don't have a problem repeating it because I don't, I don't care
1: mm.
0: I really don't care about if people subscribe or not I don't really care about if people download the app or not and you know what I care about is those who will do will they thank me or will they say damn you you wasted my time that's all I care about
2: Mm. I mean, it's, it's it's fascinating because what you're describing, this iterative process of just trying to become better and making sure it's the best work possible, there's like nothing in the video that's, you know, lacking but keeping it and people engaged as much as possible. It's the same thing we hear from like, you know, some of the big creators we've talked to, talked to from like, you know, Newscape, you know, Preston, they always say the same thing. It's like we just want to make sure that what we have out there – is the best it can possibly be for the audience. We just look at every single aspect of it to make sure it's the best. And if it's not, you know, we want to do it better. Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, that, that's a really, it's a fascinating process. And look, it looks like you stumbled onto that a lot earlier on than most creators did. It looks like you started with that in mind. And I mean, you're talking about things like retention and engagement, you know, three, four years ago when you were starting it out. And even now, you two have said now that that's a really, really important aspect. You, you were building this into your content. Uh, Way back then, so obviously put you in good stead. So, like, how big is the channel now?
0: Uh, We're closing seven million subscribers this week, and with the other channel, we are about to reach one million in uh, probably a month and a half.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) significant.
0: Those are good numbers. Yeah.
1: I also want to track that progress just quickly, just like put a beat on that because you got to a a million, probably a million plus at that early stage. That was all you, right? Like it was on your shoulders to create to create start to finish and then
0: like what's what's the team like now like up to 2 million subscribers it was only me until I reached 2 million subscribers and then after 2 million uh, I hired my first uh, employee ever uh, and that was a video editor Uh, and then my own brother wanted to jump on board and you know help uh, you know moderating uh, the social uh, pages and stuff And it was only the three of us till probably about a year, a year and a half ago. So we stayed like this for like between 4 and 5 million subscribers. And then uh, I started hiring a graphic designer uh, to, you know, because once we went to the app, we created the app and in in the app, you watch the video, you answer the questions, and then you have a summary of the entire lesson on a beautiful design PDF that you could download and print out and you know keep it forever. And instead of having to review the, uh, the video again if you feel like you forgot some information, maybe maybe you do. Then you have the PDF, uh, like two, two to three pages in that summarize everything you have with the beautiful design and, and uh, cartoon characters and stuff like that. Uh, and then we started the new channel, uh, which is called Talik. Uh, in, in Arabic, it means fluent. And uh, right now the team is about 30 people. Wow.
2: And as, as you grew, this is something I wanted to, to ask, about. obviously in different parts of the world, are, you know, there are different revenue models. Um, a lot of YouTubers fall back on YouTube ad revenue. Um, is that what you initially depended on in order to grow the channel in terms of your revenue streams?
0: I believe in the wisdom that says, don't quit your day job. So I kept my, my job as much as, I, as it you know, was allowed until the pandemic. And, you know, that was my main source of income. That's why I really did not care about, you know, people watching or not watching. But I care about if those who watch have value or not. Because I was not, you know, going after uh, watch times and, you know, views and ads and stuff like that. But that is still up to today, uh, the main source of income. Uh, and I refuse ads uh, left and right. Because I don't want to do ads that I don't believe in. I In my... Three years' journey on YouTube, I think I made only two ads. And, uh, you know, I raised my, you know, like like the sponsor ads. I raised my my fee so high so I can just, you know, um, refuse in a nice way. Like, you know, you will say, sorry, we can't afford this. Then, you know, great, because I didn't want to anyway. And if you said yes, then I would say, oh, I'm sorry, I typed in the wrong number. And then I will double it by 10. <laughs> so so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's still my main source of income. Uh and I use YouTube as a funnel uh for people to uh download the app and watch for, you know lessons from the app and have the extra activities around the, the lesson like questions and answers and uh PDF summaries and flashcards that contains the new words that you learned so you can always have like play them uh every time every now and then to not forget them. Mm. And how big is,
2: I mean, how big is your channel compared to other, like, language channels relatively?
0: Uh, It's the biggest on on YouTube. The biggest language channel on YouTube or the biggest
2: English language channel on YouTube? Any language
0: channel on YouTube.
2: Well, there you go. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) And and where would you say, I mean, you said you were based out of Hong Kong, but now obviously you're you're based, um, are you in Jordan currently? Yeah, I am in Cairo, Egypt. In Cairo. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Um, So, do you, is is most of your team based there as well? You were talking about Canada as well.
0: Uh, We have um, some developers are based in India, Uh, they're working with me full time, and we have teachers working with us in the, uh, based off Canada, and some of the uh, teachers that we work with in the Arabic content, based on Saudi Arabia, Uh, so we've got a good mix.
2: And with that distributed workforce, do you think that COVID has made that easier and people accept that more now? Because, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can basically create, like, like effectively a YouTube empire from pretty much anywhere.
0: Uh, There was this uh, documentary that I watched a while ago. It was called something like uh, the Digital Nomads or something like that. That was talking about people who are... Uh, you know, having their own business, their whole business, you know, online, they can just open the laptop and have the work done from any part of the world. And I think that pretty much represents, you know, like sixty percent of the new generation right now. They they don't go to offices and work. And I know so many people doing different stuff all online, from digital marketing to online education to uh, selling uh, goods online and stuff like that. They they just gave up the old traditional nine to five jobs and you know, uh, being, being enslaved, uh, you know, the old traditional way. And uh, yeah, the, the COVID-19 has actually been a, a blessing disguise for so many uh, of us because it turned people towards online education so much more because, you know, they are afraid of their, you know, for their health. And, uh, you know, most of the uh, local courses and academies and schools, they had to shut down by the government order. Uh, so, people who wanted to learn, they had to go online and uh, since they had to go online in developing countries like you know, this one, uh, so many banks have seen this and noticed it and they started offering other easier, much easier ways to get a bank account and have ways of paying online. It was so difficult before in developing countries but now anybody could just go to the post office and buy a prepaid card and use it to buy things online. And you know, online businesses have bloomed since then. Super
1: interesting. In that you started off as a, a, an educator and a creator, and as this grows and scales into a, quite a significant business operation, how much of that are you running or want to be running, or and how much of it do you want to be the creator, the educator?
0: You know, the, one of the most difficult things in in having a product is you yourself being a, an insignificant part of this product uh, It's it's very difficult to get away because you know I know that many people who are for example taking the English course they're taking the English course because they heard of this guy me uh, People say nice things about him and the you know uh, He makes things easy and stuff so if I stopped teaching English then maybe the next guy who will take my place will not have the same. He will also have a burden on his shoulder that he want to live to the expectations of the people who had me before. And maybe he's much better than me, but people will not give him this chance. So, uh, you know, if you think about it as a product, then yes, I have to keep educated and I have to keep running in it. But also at the same time, I have other projects that I want to start. And I I know that they are very promising and full of value and people need them. Um, so I'm trying to really balance the time between two businesses, uh, family, and other projects that I want to run.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, it um, just fascinates me, and it's a really good insight to hear that that there's that push and pull and challenge that you're you know that you're going through. Um, yeah, it's a phenomenal ride.
2: Yeah, and I mean, look, Abraham, with, with with your journey, obviously one of the things that seems to really stood out is the fact that. You were creating the channel because you just wanted to create this value, and create good quality education, and that was your driver. You didn't care about subscribers, you know. You didn't care about those things like that. You just wanted to create good quality stuff, um, and that driver, rather than being a famous YouTuber or you know making a ton of money, that was it. And that's how the channel actually grew, isn't it? Because that focus was on the content and and the connection with the
0: audience. Uh, actually, when I when I am uh, being hosted on other. Um, YouTube channels here in Egypt or, uh, you know, different parts of the world. When they introduce me as a YouTuber, then I say, could you please take this down? Because I'm not a YouTuber. Just introduce me as a person who teaches English on YouTube. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you be both?
1: Can't you be both?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's because, you know, I I feel like people who are devoting their whole uh, life to a platform, then, you know, uh, it kind of of limits uh, what they can do. You know, like if I introduce myself as a YouTuber, then I know that my livelihood depends on YouTube. Maybe there are other platforms that I can generate money out of, but deep in my mind, you know, subconsciously, I keep telling myself, no, YouTube and me are, you know, uh, inseparable. So uh, I don't want to do that to myself.
1: I think it's, that's brilliant, though. You are the mindset coach as well for creators. There's value. There's like how you frame who you are. I think it's brilliant. And look, everyone, we don't have a, a lot of time left, but I'm
2: interested in understanding what is next for you. Obviously, you've grown this mega channel, the biggest language channel on, on YouTube, and this you know successful app around it and a huge team. What comes next? How are you going to use YouTube in an ongoing way as you grow?
0: Well, with these projects, well, I, we keep using YouTube as it is. We, uh, For example, on our leak app, for learning nine languages every week we produce between 36 to 14 new videos we put them on the app every week but on youtube we upload like one or two videos because we don't want to burn out the channel and um you know we use the youtube for people who are searching for this language and they want to learn it we give them the the video they watch the video if they like it they can just download the app if they think it's a waste of time then you know Spare yourself the time from downloading the app. But, you know, we get very high conversion rates. And this is how we intend to keep using YouTube. Uh, like, videos, if you like them, download the app and learn it for free. Because you learn you can learn my language absolutely for free forever. You don't have to you know, pay anything. Um, and for other projects, we're going to, uh, hopefully soon, uh, if I manage to get the time, with the help of one of my uh, dear friends, he... Has a programming channel, and he is the best in his, you know, in this business. Uh, we intend to open uh, a new channel, and app, and a website, and a company as well for teaching people coding from the absolute beginning uh, to uh, until they reach professional level. I used to be a coder myself, um, and I really miss those days when I, you know, sat in front of the screen, typed in code, and you know, just forgot about the whole world. And, and it's one of the things that I dream about making this accessible to everybody, and especially young generation, you know, where they teach them how they could make money when they're still uh, studying and, you know, from home uh, without costing their parents anything. And uh, we intend to make this uh, also free, and for those who want to buy membership to get extra features, we are planning to make it less than a dollar a month.
2: Hey mate Abram look that is fascinating but we are out of time unfortunately and it's been like super interesting to chat to you and we're really keen to keep in touch because I'm really keen to see where this goes
0: yeah well my hopes are up and uh, God will inshallah will
2: be all successful amazing mate thank you so much for joining us and we'll uh, chat to you soon
0: thank you for giving me the time the generation look on the mic.